you've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. I think it's more about um, empowerment, new ideas, challenging like old habits, getting confirmations, getting warnings. Um, a lot of times when I read for people, like they um, they say, "Wow, like that information was given to me in a way that was really important to hear, and like it really refocuses me and like gives me a jumping off point into, well, how can I fix this?" Thing that's going on in my life, or how can I address this person? Hello, and welcome to Drinks with God, a podcast about alternative theological experiences, death, and life. All of the following content is based on each interviewee's own personal experiences and is meant to be educational, not confrontational. Welcome to another episode of Drinks with God. Today we're having a drink with Julian, and um, we're going to go a lot of places with this interview probably, but we're going to definitely start with tarot, um, tarot cards, which I know only a very cursory amount about. I really just um, know it from having like kind of like worked on the fringes of the Coney Island Freak Show, so obviously like anywhere there's anything vaguely circus related, there's going to be a tower reader. Any flea market that you go to, you're trying to find a tower reader. It's kind of a big part of just like Americana fun circusy consciousness. But I know it's got a lot deeper meaning and it's actually a very interesting spiritual thing. I know that it's a big part of things like anywhere from like Santeria to Wicca to um well you know what, you're going to say it way better than me, so why don't you just, like, first give us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got into tarot. Okay, hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm Hispanic, <laughs> which is the first thing you should know, um, just because a lot of Hispanic people uh, delve into spirituality um, there are some witches in my family. My grandmother, she actually was sick in the hospital, and this nurse introduced Kabbalah to her, and she became kind of obsessed with Kabbalah, um, and would buy all these like books on mysticism and magic. And when I was 12, I would just sit down reading these books constantly. Um, First of all, okay. um, Kabbalah and Tarot, that's a really interesting combination. Um, I definitely would want to hear more about like that specific version of Tarot, but um, really just how did you find Tarot? Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So my first Tarot cards were given to me by my grandmother. She gave me the Rider Weight deck, which I've used ever since. Um, and she actually has a bunch of like old markings on them from when she was studying Kabbalah. Um, I don't think she got much out of Kabbalah, though, just because um, 
she's kind of old and senile, and she just goes to the classes to kind of feel like she's a part of something special. <laughs> so I started at the age of 12. Um, I think I was uh, just kind of having fun with it until a few serious things started happening a little later. Um, <laughs> I uh, was in a relationship, uh, like my first relationship, my first gay relationship at like 17, and um, I didn't like the truth that the cards were telling me about the relationship. Um, and my first boyfriend got really freaked out because... Um, the five of coins came up in a reading and it was reversed and I predicted kind of just like a loss of money and he had it he didn't tell me at the time that he was applying to this college that he wanted to go to um and I told him like look it seems like you're gonna lose whatever whatever amount of money um and he just like didn't really take it seriously and then like a week later he found out that his scholarship got rescinded um, because he got really horrible grades. But, like, I don't use tarot to really tell the future. I don't really... Like, I think it can hit on a likely outcome, but I don't think it can ever tell you, like, oh, six months from now, you're going to, like, break a toenail at such and such a place. Like, I think it's more about um, empowerment, new ideas, challenging, like, old habits, getting confirmations getting warnings um a lot of times when i read for people like they um they say wow like that information was given to me in a way that was really important to hear and like it really refocuses me and like gives me a jumping off point into well how can i fix this thing that's going on in my life or how can i address this person um i think that the tarot has really great practical uses when it comes to um, transforming your life into something that you want it to be. I've helped people um, improve their relationships at work through tarot. Um, I've helped people get raises. I've helped people sort out how to connect better with their family members and siblings. In a way, I think it's more useful to use it uh, therapeutically. Although, you know, there's some, like, legal conundrums. Um, I don't call it therapy. <laughs> um, but I do call it, like, uh, informal advice and counseling that can reach you in a really deep way. Yeah, yeah it sounds very much like um, tarot, is, in general, is a way to, like, kind of reach your inner sounding board. Yeah. Um, and... I also, um, kind of like branching off of that in a weird way, um, I constantly hear people who have been doing tarot for a long time talk about how they've got a specific connection to, like, a deck. Like, oh, this deck behaves funny, or like, oh, this deck, like, just, like, only likes blondes or whatever. Or like, or like, oh, it's a full moon, I should definitely use this deck, or whatever. Or like, this is the deck that I always work best with, or whatever it is. Do is that, um... A lot how I know, like, painters, um, will, like, be very specific to, like, a certain set of brushes, or people that, like, like, I do historical reenactment fencing, so, like, a lot of people will just be like, no, this sword I'm using for this tournament, like, that sort of a thing. Yeah, so that's a really great question. Um, so I use the Rider Weight Tarot deck, 
And what I found is that um, in my connection to the cards and like my interpretation of the cards it doesn't really come from like reading books about tarot so much as uh my interest in like myth and psychology and my interest in um literature really informs my analysis of the tarot cards um the rider weight deck especially lends itself to literature um that deck was created by a woman, I think her name was Pamela Coleman Smith, and I think she was um, involved in drama or something. I know she was a painter, but I think she was also like an actress. Um, and so she was really familiar with Shakespeare. And I, when Ryder Waite asked her to um, create the tarot deck, a lot of her knowledge about drama, a lot of her knowledge about Shakespeare, a lot of her knowledge about myth seeped into the painting of these cards so if you have like a rudimentary basis of knowledge in those areas like I think you can really excel with the writer weight deck um yeah so that's I hope that was helpful <laughs> yeah no I always love it um I've seen lots of different artists like do their own tarot deck like it seems like to be like a fairly popular project for like um for people to do like every, anything from like the Gravity Falls tarot deck to um, I'd seen um, there's and I actually don't know if Shepard Fairy actually did this one but Shep there's a Shepard Fairy tarot deck um, there's a whole wide range of what you can bring into what a tarot deck looks like and I think that that does to some degree inform how it's going to behave just because it's not just because e each card does have a specific meaning we'll get into that in a second but um how you're going to interpret and behave any piece of art, especially an art that's like got that's codified to look a specific way, has a specific symbolism behind it. I think you're going to respond to it specifically the way it actually physically looks because mm -hmm. it's, it varies so much from deck to deck. Um, and just speaking back to the whole Shakespeare thing, I think it's very interesting. Um, especially just because Shakespeare was so personally interested in the occult, or at the very least wrote for people who are specifically interested in the occult, and that was a big part of, especially with James I, who was, like, be, like so into witches, it's, like, actually kind of a joke. <laughs> um, it was just the occult was just, like, so, was such a big part of the popular mind then that it makes a lot of sense that probably one of the most famous decks, the Rider White deck, would be informed by Shakespeare and, and, and his work. Um, that's fascinating. I didn't actually know that. How much about the actual history of tarot, like, would you be able to divulge? Because, like, I actually, I don't know much about the history at all. Well, I actually want to go to an earlier point about, um, the particular, like, inflections that happen when, like, different artists create their tarot decks. So, if you're, like, comparing, um, the Rider Waite deck to the Taut deck, um, in the top deck, like, a lot of it incorporates geometry. So, like, can you think spatially? Like, can you apply... I don't know, can you just, like, apply that to someone's situation or dilemma and, like, get some kind of meaning out of it? Like, some people think more spatially. Um, and in terms of, like, symbols that are uh, kind of, like, removed... I, I personally need a more human element going on where like with the Rider weight deck what's really helpful for me is um, 
seeing the characters' gestures, like, are their arms open or closed? Are they sitting? Are they standing up? Um, for example, like, someone was asking me a relationship question and if, like, um, their relationship with someone would endure. And um, in tarot, it's all about patterns. Um, so I noticed with every card that had been laid out, um, each of the figures in the cards were sitting in some kind of throne which suggests stability and permanence and comfort and like arriving at a point in your life where like yeah I don't want to really move from this um, thing that I have going on or spot or whatever um, so definitely what is in the image will inform your reading definitely no, no that's a very good point um, and especially because I've seen some decks will um, like for example like this tower I've um, I've seen sometimes it being um, displayed as like a literal tower, and other times there's like very symbolically supposed to be a tower. Like maybe it's a like a very like strong looking like maternal figure just like <laughs> holding something up or something, um, or like any number of things. Like I remember I'd found a tarot deck that was specifically just insects, and I wish I could remember what all the different ones were. Wow, that's but because um, I remember just being like, oh my god, this is it the Emily Dickinson tarot. Deck? No, but I think I have it seen that. Yeah, no, this one was specifically just insects, and like on the, on like either the on the back or in like maybe like another like pamphlet or something in there. It information like a quick little blurb, like a factoid about each insect. It was specifically like for bug lovers. I was like, do they have a botany one? Can I? Can I? I'm sure <laughs> they probably they probably have one. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. Um, and I don't know if there were like any other points you wanted to like cover before I had. Picture, picture brain about the the fairly mundane one on one thing of like what do each thing like what does each thing generally mean or like <laughs> but um, the, I know there was a different question you had asked me before oh yeah the um yeah not not just the um how an artist's work will actually inform the reading of it but also there are many many different cultures that use tarot all for the same general purpose you're not probably predicting the future you're so much as like reading the present is a better way of putting it, really, I guess. Uh, you, you know a lot about that specific deck's history. Are there any other, like... Like, there are, there are multiple different decks. Uh, obviously, like, there'll be artists that will do their own specific deck as their own personal project, but are there any other established decks? And uh, do you know anything about their history? So, um, for history... Um, I think there's a tarot academic that everyone might be interested in looking at. I, I think her name is Mary Kay Greer. I'm not sure. Um, just because names aren't too great for me right now. Um, but I would definitely look to her. I know that um, in her work, um, well, actually, like, in a lot of tarot books, like, a lot of people trace it back to, like, Egyptian hieroglyphs and stuff, and then other tarot academics are like, no, like, this stuff popped up in, like, Italy, so, I don't know, I, I, I would want to, like, defer to the tarot academics on that question because there was just so much exchange between all the Mediterranean cultures I would not be surprised if there was an extreme muddled blending of the two that it would be very hard to figure out which one was first because they would all definitely claim it first after like the first 50 years of it having gotten out to be everywhere like a like a future predicting virus or something I don't know <laughs> <laughs> Um, here, I'll, I'll take this from you, sorry. Um, but, alright, so then, like, in terms of how you got into it, you, like, you started 
um, when you were young and you started to like get more and more serious about it. And you said that recently you've gotten, um, like before we started recording, you mentioned that you've been working but also like kind of getting a little bit more interested in your own personal alternative spirituality do you want to like talk a little bit about like what that is like structurally or like how tarot works or informs that yeah so i guess um i will say that i don't know what to call myself i don't i don't really label myself um and it's funny because uh (laughs) I believe in the efficacy of like all these things, but I'm also someone who always wants proof <laughs> of uh, I don't know that like God exists. Like I I'm I always want proof. Um, I always go back to this line that I read in a novel. I think it was something along the lines of like life never tells itself, no matter how hard you call. And yeah, I don't know. I I just. I want the a- I want to yield the answers, but I don't know. I guess like tarot is always just an attempt at that, right? Okay. Well, as- aside from your own personal brand of like um, chaos magic agnosticism, <laughs> that's a good way to pin it down. <laughs> yeah. Um. I well, like let's let's go back to the point of um what each card will in general mean because even though they'll diverge slightly and each have their own specific flavor there is a set what like the major arcana and minor arcana symbolizes um it's not just like like a deck of cards that you'd like you know play poker with they then like even though there are suits it's more complicated than that like um i'm not asking you to go through card by card but maybe just like describe i don't know like what's your favorite major arcana what do the wands mean like i don't know it sounds very very trite um but Oh, yeah, you're bringing a card deck out. I've, you know, some dirty things have come up in this podcast, but uh, for, for the non-viewers at home, for the listeners at home, when I say he's bringing his deck out, um, his card deck, we are um, recording in a public bar as he's, like, shuffling here. I'm trying to find a card that would Sh- yes. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. be a great example. Yeah, that's fine. Just yeah, so he's going he's gonna to pick a few choice cards. Okay, so... Um, I picked out the Nine of Pentacles, um, and in the Rider Weight deck, it's this woman who's standing in a lush field, and she has, she's uh, a falconer. She's wearing a glove. She has a falcon on her on her hand, balanced on her hand, her wrist, um, and she's enjoying the falcon's company. In the foliage below her hands um you see nine coins with pentagrams in them she's specifically in a vineyard yeah she's in a vineyard and it's daylight the sky above her is yellow um that means like midday or afternoon yeah so this card i mean obviously on the surface of it um it's about someone who's highly accomplished refined um who's able to enjoy the fruits of their labor and kind of like get lost in that but often when this card comes up in the reading i point out the little snail that's kind of like at her feet and for me um it's always kind of just like a reminder that yes you're striving to be this very accomplished refined person but sometimes in life you're this snail right like you have a long way to go even though this is what you really want realize that sometimes you'll feel like the the snail in a way 
Yeah, so um, it's really important to pay attention to all the elements in a card. Yeah, there's a central figure, but there are also like animals, objects, fruits that will yield certain meanings as well. So those are things to look into. Um, it actually reminds me a lot of uh, medieval heraldry in the way that you have to like break everything down, just like the way things are positioned and like like I see there's like a building in the background, maybe a church or something, or maybe it's a secular building. You can't really tell, but just like every single thing and the positioning of everything is going to have great meaning. Whether it's this color, that color, bigger, smaller, below something, above something, that's going to be a huge part of heraldry. And I can see, if you look closely at a tarot card, you're going to see a lot of the same sort of things. Um, let me pull out a few other cards. And then in my own tarot practice, I always um, find it very useful to just um, take out two cards at a time and try to discern the relationships um, between the two cards because there are a lot of images that repeat uh, throughout the cards in the Rider Waite deck. So for example, if you take the star and the chariot, the motif of the stars translates through to the next card. So you want to put both cards side by side and think like, hey, like what does this mean when you transpose this image of the stars from the star onto the chariot? Um, the stars are, are in the canopy of the chariot. With the chariot, um, for me, that motif of the stars is really important because it's about um, taking control of conscious reality and the effort to fulfill your dreams, your hopes, your aspirations, right? So that's another way to kind of approach um, yielding more meaning from the cards is to discover what the, what the patterns are. And just um, to be an annoying little bitch and to completely derail the conversation, I love how the shield on the front of the chariot, the coat of arms on the chariot, has the spinning top from Inception on it. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> That's funny. Well, isn't Inception like kind of a hermetic movie? <laughs> right? Like... <laughs> Uh, touche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then just, um, you know, I don't want to profess myself as an expert of any kind because I think tarot is a really great thing to do with uh, other people, and I've learned so much about the meanings of cards from, like, other people and, like, getting their perspective. So I think it's always important to uh, be open to other people and really listen to their, like, perspective. Like, I've gotten a lot out of doing tarot with like art historians you know who might have like a different kind of training and who can point me in the right direction um, regarding certain things you know uh, get books get on YouTube see what tarot readers are doing find a favorite tarot reader um, yeah yeah that's just just in general yeah just advice in general. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to try and pick your brain for a couple books and resources and post those in the show notes about um, for this episode. But just um, further in terms of, um, you know, like everyday life and like the role tarot can possibly play in it, it seems almost like, um, and I've frequently talked on the show about like um, different forms of active meditation, whether it's um, Sufism, kink. There are many, many forms of, like, active... The one on Sufism was so good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. I loved it. <laughs> I know, I know. I love Sienna. Um, but the um, the actual process of um, 
consulting yourself, just letting chance and the luck of the draw kind of like dictate how you're going to interpret this art, really, this set of this set of symbolism you've you've chosen to connect with. Um, I think it's a very fascinating way of um, of self reflection. If you were to, for example, like not give a reading to someone else, but for yourself. This being a very active form of self-reflection, almost like taking the time to step away from yourself and objectively assess what you're doing. Um, I find that, personally, I interpret that as an active form of meditation because you're dealing with your own intuition in a very um, ritualistic sort of way. Wow, so that's a great question. Um, it actually can get so tricky because sometimes when you're reading for yourself, you always have to be aware of like your own biases towards yourself like hmm maybe I want this reading to you know really reflect in my favor and you know am I missing the important knowledge that it's trying to give me like that's something you constantly have to come up against when you're reading for yourself um one way I try to circumvent that is by trying to get a definite answer about something so like for example just playing around um <laughs> I wanted to I dropped something outside of a window where I live and it's um, in this certain part of the building where like no one is really allowed and I really needed to get this thing back <laughs> I'm not going to go into detail what it was but um, I, w I asked the cards I was just like you know what is my success rate if I just go down there in this like part of the building and get this thing like will I get caught because the uh, the super has an open window just like right there and he can just easily catch me and um, it was kind of just like a chance operation with the cards and I pulled out the the magician card and the magician card um, is a very powerful like affirmative card and I was just like this is a 100% success rate I'm going down there I'm breaking in I'm getting what I dropped out of the window and I didn't get caught <laughs> So it's just like, I mean, I don't know if I recommend that for like everything in life, but like sometimes you can really take a chance and sometimes um, the cards can really give you a confirmation, a really good confirmation. I think um, in terms of like risk and taking a chance operation, um, you can yield some really surprising results. Yeah, and hopefully those things are in your favor. <laughs> Honestly, we had actually covered all the points that I was hoping to cover. I don't know if there was anything specific that you wanted to impart just like as advice to anyone who's first starting out or if there's oh, anything wow. that you want to or if there's like <sighs> anything specifically that you want, like any anecdotes, any fun stories that you want to share. I was always just, I mean, I started tarot when I was 12 years old and I was just constantly kind of just fooling around with the cards and I, I took it semi-seriously until about two years ago and I was living with my first roommate on my own um, and I would just give her tarot readings for fun um, and I found that the insights that I was able to generate they were just so profound and um, they were coming so quickly just because I was in really enjoying what I was doing and it was for someone I really cared about. So I think um, the way to get better at tarot is just um, to just do it with friends that you really care about and just have a lot of fun with it um, and those insights will come and just 
I, journaling really helped me out a lot. Recording just um, all of the insights that I got from particular readings. Recording other people's interpretations. Um, going on YouTube and seeing how other tarot readers do it. Um, all of that was really, really important for me. And um, you'll actually start getting feedback from the people that you read for fun. If you, you know, saying whether you're ready to go professional or not. And actually, um, once my roommate said, like, wow, you should really consider doing this to, like, supplement your living, I seriously considered it. And I went on Facebook and I um, got my first serious gig for, a, uh, I think it was a bridal shower. Yeah, and I made some pretty good money off of it. So, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, and not every reader wants to do it for money and that's totally fine but um you know we we are in a collapsing economy so <laughs> yeah you know it's really exciting to like live in the, as a historian it's really exciting to live in the slow death of an empire um <laughs> <laughs> the Darth Vader empire <laughs> yes um yeah as a cynic and a historian um and an alcoholic I feel like I'm primed for what's happening around me uh, right before I leave really quickly. <laughs> so I just wanted to catch your laugh because it's always very fun to... <laughs> I need some sort of validation in my life. <laughs> no, you, this, is, this is great. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. But that's um, pretty much all the points I wanted to cover. And again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, if um, someone wanted to get in contact with you, could they get in contact with you? How would they get in contact with you? Would you rather they feel, field any questions they might have about tarot through me? Um, I mean, I'm comfortable with pretty much anything. If they wanted to reach out to me, um, I have my uh, a, a page on Facebook, Tarot by JDLC. Um, so they, just feel free to message me through there and... You know, if you have any additional questions, I can definitely... Or, like, I'm happy if you could field them and send them to me. Whatever. Perfect, yeah. I'll, I'll put a link to the Facebook page. Everyone definitely go like that. Um, send them some, some encouragement, some <laughs> questions, all that. And, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Definitely. Oh, my God, this was so amazing. Thank you so much. And if you would like to be on the show, please reach out to me at drinkingwithgod at gmail.com. And everyone, please continue to follow us on social media. Continue to send me emails to communicate with us through Twitter and Facebook. And uh, please stop by our Redbubble page to buy t-shirts that say things like Ask Me About My Death Anxiety and Homosexuality Is My Anti-Drug. Thank you all, and stay weird out there. Thank you.